This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flyers Forecast. Not quite, not quite that. What is this? I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is either. We'll find out. I'm Steve Jacot. This is Craig Forsyth, and... Hockey's been suspended, folks. The The forecast is there is no hockey for the foreseeable future. We don't even know if there's going to be a playoffs. This is the world we live in thanks to COVID-19, the coronavirus. Yeah. Yep. Yikes. Yep. I caramba. There's a lot of stuff going on. And uh, it's not, I don't know. Most of it seems not fun. Not cool. But uh, yeah, Flyers forecast. I'll do the Flyers forecast real quick. Uh, no games. They're not going to play a single one this week. And then uh, that's it. That's the forecast. I don't even, we don't even know what to call this one. And we don't even know. We're, we're gonna <laughs> we don't even know. We know so what we're going to do. We don't know what we, to call it. We've decided we're going to do a short format podcast at the beginning of the week and our usual long-ass fly purpley at the end of the week. And this could be fly purpley light. This could be half a fly purpley. Who knows what the fly hell this purpley is. Fly freeform? Eh, maybe we'll maybe. see yeah, 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 something's going to come to me at some point and it's going to be great but in the meantime we're just going to go with <laughs> not the forecast flight light some shit like that but anyway we're going to do a short format podcast at the beginning of the week and a longer format one at the end of the week uh discussing anything tangentially hockey related but the shorter podcast was going to stick to just a couple topics where uh, we're just kind of sticking to that, and and that's that. So yeah. uh, the thing is, look, we don't want to we don't want to stop the content from coming while everybody's stuck inside on quarantine. Just because there's no hockey to talk about doesn't mean there isn't stuff to talk about, and there isn't stuff that's tangentially hockey related to talk about. So we are here, Craig and I, to discuss whatever hockey related or even just fun stuff we can think of. I, I think there's enough doom and gloom out there, so. We're going to try and keep it light. We're going to try and keep it fun and continue with the podcast fun for you guys. Yeah. Uh, everything Steve just said, I totally agree with, and I have nothing to add. I I mean, that's pretty much what we're going to do. Yeah. Like, we, we don't even have sports to watch. There's literally it's, no sports on. We don't even have sports to watch in the background while we record, which typically we have, like, uh, whatever late NHL game is on or an NBA game or, you know, March Madness would be coming up. There there would be something. Uh, right now, I mean, Craig, what are you watching yeah, in the background right I, now? So I put on, uh, apparently wrestling is still going on, and I'm only watching it because I think it's funny that there is nobody in the stands, and they're still, they're still giving the very dramatic speeches and, like, getting into it. And you can tell there's supposed to be pauses for fan reaction, but then there's just, like, they're it's just awkward silence. So it's <laughs> like the guy does the thing where like he, he unfurls his hand to his ear to like, yeah. hear the, like, do you smell what the rock is cooking? Like, nobody can, they, sm- nobody smells anything right yeah, now. The rock. There's just rows of full. And I'm aware the rock has like... not been a wrestler for like 40 years at this point. <laughs> I feel like he comes back and does like a, uh, like an all-star like cast type, but like he'll come back every once every five years and throw down. And then that's, uh, just kind of leaves the game. 
I mean, when you're jacked like The Rock is, and well, why would you waste that with not showing up at the wrestling <laughs> arena? Also, you can just pretty much boss people around. That's the rules of being jacked. You can pretty much do whatever you want. So, uh, That's true. That's true, the, no the strong man. I got uh, I got Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse on in the background because I am a giant nerd, and I usually... <laughs> honestly, if I don't have sports on, it's usually something pretty nerdy on in the background for me. It's It's... It's a nerd fest here, never-ending nerd fest. Yeah, my problem is, is I always choose to put sports on. So these next couple of podcasts are going to be pretty weird. Uh, probably going to lose focus and get caught up in whatever I'm watching. So you know, pretty, Big pretty, Bang pretty weird. Two broke girls. You know, uh, all those shows that I love and watch all the time. Those are probably the things I'm going to get distracted by coming up. So, <laughs> but uh, right now. Do you, I mean, the one subject we were going to talk about today, Steve, was what flyers have overperformed and underperformed. This was the first idea I thought of. You have plenty of time to think of other ideas. We're going to have a little bit of time, apparently, between now and when they might actually play again. I saw today, Steve, uh, I think Dreger put out something about a timeline of the NHL is anticipating two months off and they'll be ready to go again in mid May. So if that's the case, We'll, we'll have some time to come up with some content ideas. We'll be able to think of something and uh, get it out. Tangy there. tent. A lot of tangy tent, hopefully. But this is the first one I thought of. So we were just going to go through every flyer that's played a game this year alphabetically. Key point. Uh, and <laughs> alphabetically, then, <laughs> great. And then decide if we would consider them. If the season was to end today, did they overperform in 2019-20 or did they underperform in 2019-20? So... Uh, do you want to get in there? You want to you want to get our hands dirty? I want to get this. Oh, let's yeah. let's get our hands filthy right now. And <laughs> we're going to start it off with my favorite flyer. I think the most vital flyer to this team, at least alphabetically. Andy Andreoff. Andy, 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 as I like to think of him. Alphabetically, he's coming in real hard. He's got the double A working. And uh, I don't think anybody. Well, yeah, nobody else uh, under contract can say that for the flyer. So there you go. I cannot uh, believe that this man played 14 games for the Flyers this year. That's, and I think that alone is overperforming. I didn't think this dude was going to suit up at all. Not only did he suit up 14 games, Steve, he got an assist. And he's on pace. If he was to play the whole year, he'd have six apples. And uh, for a guy that I didn't think about at all during the preseason and kind of forgot he's been with the team for a while now, I'm saying uh, overperformed. Minus, uh, minus .3 war, that doesn't matter. Overperformed. Uh, there were a couple of good games he had on the fourth line. Was feeling him for a bit. Uh, now, you know, I, I don't really care what he does with the team, but overperformed in my opinion. Is that where you're? Yeah. Oh God, I didn't even know he was a flyer for half the year. Like, I, I'm gonna go with under here because I I didn't even know he was on the team. Oh, so we're going, oh, okay. All right, I was saying overperform because I thought he was just going to be stuck in the AHL all year, and then he came up. And uh, But, yeah, that's fine. We'll be split on. His 82-game I mean, pace is six points. I, I I did not expect him to play at all in the NHL, I guess is what I'm saying. Those then, You literally couldn't have lower expectations then. I, I could not. Well, uh, wait, until you get, wait until we get to the S names, and I'll tell you about expectations. The there, buddy. expectations. So. Uh, <laughs> don't you mad TV reference me right now? That, okay. is, that is a really deep, weird, deep maybe cut. terrible cut. I don't know. <laughs> I liked it, but again, I do have terrible taste in everything. So moving on. Second one. It's NAK. Like first season. That's the only, I think, acceptable season of Mad TV. I, yeah, I think so. they all they all went and they've done other things, though. Uh, you know, like that. Cat, Artie Lang's still that, alive. 
te- is he like technically because he's i think he's in pretty bad shape right now he's been in bad shape for, for about 25 years yeah he's so. been yeah not great the fact that he's still here is you know top notch work already anyway oh, wait 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 real quick let's not also will sasso keeps getting work in a lot of weird places like i went back and i rewatched love and he's like he's the waiter in that show i don't know if you remember oh yeah that. yeah so good for him but uh second one nak i think this is an obvious answer so, oh yeah N- nicholas abe kubel he's been leaving more we want to see more out of him absolutely <laughs> terrible player now he's i feel like he uh i think he might be the biggest surprise this season i mean he was a guy that i think people were throwing out the idea that he could see some action this year he could play in a couple games should be the first call from Lehigh valley and now he's uh played in top six for a bit and i don't think there's any question he's staying in the lineup for foreseeable future so i think he's definitely overperformed i mean that's a pretty it's a pretty easy one to agree on right yeah i would say he's overperformed for sure and well i mean this is a guy that i so underestimated that i joked that so just for a little background i've joked uh in the past so i I, on fly purpley at one point made uh some comments about samuel marin uh not being that a player that i really did not anticipate to go anywhere and didn't really see what the hype was about him besides being big. And I did get quite a few comments about that, and I jokingly called the fans of Samuel Morin the Morin Mafia, and then I I added in the Hag Hitmen for Robert Hag's uh, fan group, which now might be a thing. But the other one I I jokingly put in there was the NAKGB for Nicholas Albe Kubel, and frankly given his performance this year he could warrant having a fan group uh, yeah, because say, yeah it, it's it, he's been great man he has been everything you want from uh the position he's been playing mostly uh middle to bottom six and he just he gets in there he grinds he can use his physicality and uh he's got a decent amount of uh decent amount of speed to him so i i really like what nak has brought to the table uh, uh, so he's got 15 points in 36 games this season, seven goals, eight helpers. Uh, he's on pace, 82 game pace is 34 points. I was looking it up before the show because I was going to bring it up with uh, somebody else uh, lower down that we're about to do here. But I was trying to see how many guys. So in theory, there are 93 first line players in the NHL. You know, 31 teams, three or four is on that top line. So 93. I was trying to see how many points the player at 186 had last year among forwards i think it was andreas hathen see he had 33 so in theory nak is was on pace to be around a low end second line player it's pretty good considering where he started the season i feel like that's a that's a good find by this uh by fletcher and uh nav not a good find but like a good job actually letting him get some games in there and see what he had so uh next up justin braun Let's, well, actually, this might be an interesting one. <laughs> this might be the one we disagree on the most. I think I was going to say this one. Could you just go with Met? Yeah, we could do with that. Yeah, I mean, I I think he's been better than I thought he was going to be. Again, not flashy or anything, just all on the defensive side. And he, the only thing I'll throw out there for him was Ivan Provorov and Niskanen are the most common pairing among the Flyers' defense. Sandheim and Myers the second, and then it's Sandheim and Braun are the third. So he's been playing. He's played a decent amount of five and five this year. And uh, I feel like his uh, impact on the defensive side is good, but not. Dude's just not going to have a ton of points ever. He's got 19 and 62 this year. He's on pace for 25, but he's been. I think I think he's been fine. He's done his role, and I think there was a point earlier in the season where I might have uh, didn't think he was that good, but 
he really hasn't done anything since he got dragged around the ice by Connor McDavid like a ragdoll. <laughs> Uh, to which really was late on. October, by the way. So when you say yeah, yeah, that was yeah, really yeah. early in the season. So yeah. I mean, I was hard on him like after the first two weeks, but then or the first month. But since then, he has not really done anything at all to to warrant any hate from me. So yeah. I, if I had to choose between under or over, I would say over. But it's really more of a, I, a I would say met. But he he's been fine. Yeah, I'll say met is yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because, again, yeah, he's not really blowing off the doors, I guess. He's been good, but not like not like a madness get on, oh, okay, he's this good type of feeling. So I guess we just gave away my madness get an answer, but we'll move on. Oh, wow. Uh, Connor Boneman It's another interesting one. Uh, I, Boneman. I think he meets the over-exceeded based on the same thing of Andy Androff, where I didn't think he was going to play any NHL games this year. And now I'm kind of leaning towards him being the fourth line center in the postseason, if there is one, uh, over Nate Thompson. So uh, two points in 21 games on pace for seven points this season. But, I mean, it's it's a fourth line center. I don't know. Like, he – I feel like he's been fine when he's been on a line with Ralph 1 NAK. And even if he has the third wheel there, then that's fine. So either Met or if you want to, like, base it on the fact that I didn't think he was going to play in any NHL games, maybe a tad bit over. What are you thinking? Hmm. Connor Bunneman. I, I, again, <laughs> if, I could go with, if I could go with Met, that would be fine. I mean, he hasn't really been spectacular. I mean, you're talking about, again, seven points for an 82-game pace. That's not great. It's not great, no. Uh, yeah. But there weren't really any expectations for him. I don't know if I can give him an over, though, just based on the fact that he played an NHL game. That's like... I don't know. I don't know if I can give him an over, but I don't want to give him an under necessarily. Yeah, but I gotcha. If you make me choose, I'm going to go with under, but again, I think this is more of a Met. Yeah, I, Matt, I think, is a fair enough answer. I think the uh, he's also gotten the yeah the added helper recently for me that there seems to be a legit conversation about him or Thompson for the fourth line center when it comes to the postseason. So I feel like that's better than what I would have expected out of him this year, but again, not really fucking anything <laughs> crazy, so... Uh, Sean Couturier, yeah, he's, well, actually, met or over? Because uh, he keeps increasing. You can't say under. Him. No, no under. I mean, it's either he met or If you say under, him. you're a monster. Yeah, so I I want to say he's met expectations. Uh, we've always... I'd say met if I had to go with, you know, if you're making me go over or under, I guess over, but these are my expectations for Sean Couturier. Yeah. Which is awesome because he, it looks like he would have been or should be running away with the Selkie. And uh, he's on pace for 70 points and 26 goals. So, yeah, Sean Couture hopefully keeps on doing that. Um, Brian Elliott, 16, 7, and 4 with an 899 save percentage, 2.87 GAA, and two shutouts. If we're being honest, I, I mean, I'm leaning more towards over than under, even though those numbers are atrocious but i really thought we'd get more i actually am shocked his numbers are it doesn't that feel bad because yeah, yeah he doesn't feel that bad and I, I think he's done exactly what you want him to do he's held on the fort or he's held down the fort when carter hart was hurt he has not gotten a major injury himself right. and he has he's won some tough road games for the flyers when he's had to i, I don't know I, I feel like elliot's done pretty much everything you want from him this year yeah yeah, and it's not exactly the sexiest, you know, like overperformed, but like you said, he did he did 
you know, push the boat when Hart was out for those couple weeks. And he hasn't had, he hasn't taken himself out of play himself either. Lions played a couple games. But that's because Hart was out and he knew there were back to backs and everything. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's been fine. If not over, he's definitely been a fine backup goalie this year. So, but I, I was expecting more injury concerns and maybe actually feeling like an 899 save percentage or like more laughable goals and that type of thing. So, um, Joel Farabee, how you feeling about Joel Farabee, Steve? I like Joel Farabee a lot. I, again, this is more of a, a met expectations cause he is a rookie. I would hope maybe he could put it together a little more and, and put up more consistent points. He's got 21 points, eight goals, 13 assists in 52 games. That makes for a 32 point uh, pace for an 82 game season. And I mean, he's a rookie, so that's kind of where you, you might see somebody's numbers around that point. Uh, I, I can't really say under because I, I, I most rookies don't come out and just, blow the doors off immediately and just kick ass. He, he, right. I think he's been solid. Uh, he's got a lot of growing to do. He is a young player, but uh, overall I'm pretty happy with what Joel Farabee's brought to the table. Yeah. I think considering he was, he's doing all this within two years of being drafted. I want to say just this type of progress at the NHL is pretty, it, it's better than I thought he's playing better than I thought he was going to look this year, I guess. And, um, he got demoted a couple times, but I think that was more based on what was going on with the rest of the team than his play, per se. Uh, and, yeah, I guess if I'm – like, I would lean over, but, yeah, it's really just – it's a happily met, I guess. Like, it's what we expected of him, and there's not any concerns. There doesn't seem to be any huge flaws in his game that make me worried about his progress or his career in the NHL. So, um, Mark Friedman. I, I'm going to go with Matt again, unfortunately. I think he was somebody that I thought he would get some games this year. He did get some games. He was he looked like a guy who was breaking into the league, and I expect him to make a bigger impact next year if he gets a chance. But he hasn't really done anything this year. Like if he came in and he pulled an NAK where he got a window to play, played really well, and then they couldn't take him out of the lineup, that would have been overperformed. But I kind of expected this kind of uh, – you know, Cup of Joe in the league for Mark Friedman. Right. It's just kind of a, a met expectations. Like he, he was fine when he was in there, but nothing spectacular, nothing to write home about, but he didn't make any major errors where you're sitting there going, God damn Mark Friedman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, and that's huge. You know, as a guy playing limited minutes on the third pair, that's uh that's sometimes all you need, AKA Robert Hag. So uh, next one, Morgan Frost, who has seven points, in 20 games, 28 game or 28 point uh, pays for an 82 game season. Um, I mean, do we so, expect them to be an NHL regular? Like, do we expect them to play more games in the NHL, I guess? Than- right. I, I wouldn't say, I don't know. I, I wanted him to be an NHL regular this season, but once he started in the AHL, I didn't expect him to be. Uh, he had some flashes of brilliance this year. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's just got a lot to, just like Joel Farabee, a lot of growing to do, um, a lot to learn about the game but I can't be too disappointed. I'm glad he showed those flashes of brilliance. Uh, that's that's a big factor for me, the fact that he does have that talent that gets everybody excited about him, that uh, makes that Braden Shen 
trade almost worth it. Uh, I mean, I always thought it was worth it, but there's yeah, yeah. definitely people who often forget there were uh, draft picks involved in that trade. But he has, uh, he has an accuracy. And look, unfortunately for Morgan Frost, that is going to be a, a big factor throughout his career, especially his early career, is uh, getting that production along with, you know, Farabee. So, ultimately, I don't know. I would say he's met my expectations. Yeah, I think he's... I I guess if I had to choose between Farabee or Frost, I think Farabee is more acclimated with the league. Or it looks like he is a more everyday player right now. Like, if I had to pick one of the two to be... A regular in the postseason, I would feel more comfortable with Farabee than Frost, maybe? Question mark? Yeah, I, well, I think Farabee's a little more acclimated. I think his game's a little more polished at this point. And he's also, yeah. he's got that size factor, which, yeah, which is it does play, right a fa- you know, it plays a role. Yeah. Um, and again, I feel weird. I, I don't want to say, I don't know, underperform doesn't sound right, because we kind of, I mean, I feel like we, especially at Broadstreet Hockey, have been calling the whole... Morgan Frost starting the league in the or the season in the AHL and then getting a taste of the NHL a little bit later on. So it's kind of all going according to plan. Uh, and yeah, same met again. These are all we're getting a lot of the same answer here, but we're gonna. I feel like the next two are actually gonna be pretty interesting. So uh, Claude Drew, uh, fifty-three points, twenty-one goals in sixty-nine games. Very nice. 62 points for an eighty-two game season. One point six WAR. Uh, how do you feel about Claude's season? I feel like it's been a tad underwhelming, but I don't think that's really the worst thing, considering he, I think he's better on the wing now at this point in his career, and there's a while there where they're asking to play at the middle, and I don't think he has the speed to really do that anymore, and uh, he's still showing that he's able to take over games when the team needs it, though. Like we saw during that, uh, the Rangers win at home, the 5-1 win, and then the uh, win against Buffalo, where nobody else played except for Carter Hart, and he was able to get two goals and lead the team to a win in a, in a game they didn't deserve. But I think overall, I mean, 62 points is a hell of a drop-off from, you know, just having over 100 points two seasons ago. Um, but that might also be more just... I mean, he's still getting top line minutes and top power play in the time, so you would think there'd be a little more point production there, but uh, I don't know. I want to say... Maybe a little under, but really not nothing alarming. This isn't like 2016-17 underperforming, where we thought we were going to have to trade him. Uh, right, right. Well, I didn't think that, but plenty of other people Right, did. exactly. <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like a complete asshole if I say that Claude Giroux is underperformed, because right. I really don't think he has. But, uh, you know, the point production certainly through the first half wasn't there. But at the same time, like, I feel like once they moved him back to the wing and once they fixed him on the power play, because that was a huge factor, was not having him in the right position on the power play. I thought he was really turning around in the last few weeks, and he looked great recently. I would be very curious to see if they had been able to finish out the regular season where his season would have ended point-wise. Yeah, you know, that is true. He was getting pretty hot towards the end of the year. I think it all turned around that game in D.C. because he had a three-point game. And that was when the power play started to click. So that does, that is fair. I'm th- I keep thinking of the lull right before that. I think he went 13, 14 games without a goal. And there are some games where I just didn't really see him. Uh, I just didn't really acknowledge him on the ice. Like I, I didn't really notice him out there. But he had been turning around. Once the team started turning around and 
Michelle Tarrant figured out the power play. Yeah, he, he did start posting points. And like I said before, he did take over a couple of those games when the team needed him to take over. So, yeah, maybe underperform isn't a fair answer. I'm still, I don't know. I'm going to say Matt. I think it is. I mean, I, 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 I think you can, it is a fair assessment for most people. I think most people would say that, but. I don't, I don't know, man. I love Claude Drew. Yeah, I can't I don't say really it. like doing it either. Yeah. Because it's not, I'm not trying to position it like a, well, if he got his shit together, it's not really that type of thing. It's just, I think he actually has help now, um, which kind of helps this whole process. And I think it was the, I think this was the first year it was clear that he really needs to be on a wing and he can't do, he can't play center anymore. So I thought of that as like a step back, which yeah. is really, I mean, that's just him getting older and, Losing a little bit of speed, but anyway, uh, Shane Goss. We can't fair. say overperform for Claude. We we can agree That's, on that, but I, yeah, I think that yeah, that's yeah, put it. yeah. Um, Shane Goss is fair. Both strongly agree he's overperformed this year. Hell of a season for Ghost. Uh, no questions asked. This one just but, makes me depressed. I, yeah, I, I love depressed. Shane Goss despair, and I have been a vehement defender of him on these podcasts. But yeah, he's definitely underperformed this year. He's had a tough time with the system. He's had a tough time with some injuries and. Again, when when Ghost isn't confident, when Ghost is hurt, his game is just not even close to the same. Yeah, I really feel like he is the flyer that uh, his performance hinges the most on confidence. Like any, or you can visibly see whether or not he's feels confident with the puck, or if he doesn't. And the the difference between the two is kind of scary, a little a little worrisome. But uh, yeah, not the best, not the best season. And uh, again, I actually think the game he looked. The best was probably the most recent one, which uh, turns out probably isn't going to matter now. So, uh, Derek Derek Grant, I mean, based on his time in Philly, overperformed. Five points in seven games with the Flyers. Uh, one goal, one of the craziest passes I've ever seen in my life, uh, and they got him for peanuts. So I'm going to say uh, Derek Grant has over overperformed wildly with the Flyers. Yeah, uh, Grant's look good and. Grant's looked good in a few games and yeah, overperformed uh, for the, the few games we saw him in. He's, I think he's had an overperformed season overall because he's had so many goals and he's not that kind of player. So yeah, yeah. yeah if they come back and he keeps it coming. All right, let's, let's go. I'm on the guy Grant train. <laughs> the DG train, baby. Uh, Robert Hag. I gotta say overperformed. He has not been as visibly annoying and bad this year and uh, actually had a decent stretch where he looked like a passable third-pairing defenseman. So that's definitely an overperformance for Robert Hag, who usually is very bad and doesn't play that much defense, but for some reason everybody argues about him. So, Steven, would you, uh, how are you feeling about Robert Hag? Underperformed? <sighs> I can't this say be the under. one time we can agree. I can't. I can't say underperform because I didn't have any expectations for him. But I won't say over. over. I think he's met expectations. I mean, it's if you what you want from Robert Hag, if in theory, like this is what you're going to get. Right. This is one of the better case scenarios, but not to the point where I'd say he's over overperformed. Yeah, I'm saying overperformed just because he had that one stretch with Braun where even though they didn't limit chances against or shots against or limit the amount of time they spent in the D zone, they just happened not to get scored on, which for Robert Hag is really, I mean, that's that's pretty good hockey if you can get it out of him. So, but it's definitely, I feel like it's, it's not an under, it's either a met or overperformed based on your uh, expectations. What about this guy, Carter Hart? Uh, 24, 13, and 3, 9, 14 save percentage, 2.42 GAA. 
and one shutout. Um, I feel like he's met expectations. The yeah, road I think map. he's met expectations, and uh, it's weird because with Carter Hart at home, he's overperformed, and away, he's underperformed. That is the exact, yeah. And he's looked a little better. He looked a little better in the last couple of road games, if I remember them correctly. Oh, yeah. No, he, he once he came back from his injury, he looked a lot better overall. Like, he was dominant at home, and he was he was good on the road. So, I, yeah. I, I will take that all day, any day. Yeah, yeah. And if he had, kept the, if he had done that all year, then I think it would have been over um like overperformed uh expectations but i think uh yeah he just had some real real bad fucking road games early on i keep thinking about that islanders game um i think the stars game wasn't great for him either in philly so he's had a couple uh couple bad road or that was in philly though but still a couple bad games early on in the season and uh just not really killing it i guess entire he's had a pretty damn good season especially at home like you said so no, and he's had that. some spectacular games where he has just bailed Carried out this team. team. Absolutely, yeah. yeah like, so. you think even about recent examples, you think about the, the Sabres game that they played Sabres recently. Where that out. team the team kind of sleepwalked through that game, and Carter Hart and Claude Giroux were, like, the only guys to show up for that game. Yeah. And, I mean, to have a goalie that can, can carry you in those games, that is really important. And the fact that he's going to end the season with a 9-14, I mean, in theory, I, we still don't know for sure that they're not going to play any more regular season games, but this is the assumption we're going on. If they do play anything else, it'll just be playoffs. But I mean, Carter Hart ending with a nine fourteen save percentage compared to some recent flyer starting goaltenders. That is really something. That's really good. Yeah. And I think it's met for me too. Cause I had, I expected him to post pretty good numbers, but also have some rookie bumps along the way, which I guess yeah. he has had. And then I, I feel like this season, it's. I feel like he's one of the few flyers that his season actually went the way I kind of expected it to go. So um, we had to figure some stuff out, and I, I think that's a lot. One of the factors that people keep forgetting with Carter Hart is not only is he a rookie, but he's really friggin' young. I mean, yeah. I think he just uh, was able to legally drink this year, right, or this past I season. Believe so. Yeah. I believe yeah. Is. Yeah. So <laughs> he's he's one of the youngest Flyers goaltenders of all time to to have the success he's had. Yeah, he's gonna have to figure some stuff out. It's a tough league, and it's the best talent in the world. But he's been figuring it out, and uh, figuring out these road games is going to be the important factor. I mean, he posted a nine forty nine forty three save percentage at home and an eight fifty seven <laughs> on the road. Lord, nine forty three at home. <laughs> that's just that's insane. The thing it's too insane. is like. He has, and he. There have been games that he's just straight up stole for the Flyers, but it hasn't been a consistent thing all year. Uh, but I mean, this was him figuring it out. So once he has it figured out, I can't imagine like this team is only going to get even scarier. So, and speaking of uh, the team getting scarier in the future, uh, Kevin Hayes. This year alone, I think has overperformed. Uh, you know, I'd say so. Yeah. Questions with contracts uh, in the later years of the deal, but right now he's overperformed. And I think he's, I want to say he's the biggest reason for the improvement in the penalty kill. Uh, Oh yeah. I love him on the penalty kill. Like that alone is worth the price of admission for Kevin Hayes. He is, he just does all the things that you always want the team to do, especially the past few years where he's aggressive. He'll hold on to the puck. He'll, move guys off the puck with his body. It's one of those things that's just great to see. Uh, You're used to the Flyers dumping the puck and very unsuccessfully the first (laughs) chance they get on the penalty kill, just shooting it right back into the other team's skates or body or something like that. Hazel hold on to it. 
Yeah. yeah. And Hayes will hold on to it and he'll just make sure that it's safe and, and good to go and then dump it in. It's, it's awesome. It's great to see. And also, he scored a lot of goals this year. Uh, 23 goals for Kevin Hayes. Yeah. That was something I, I maybe didn't expect to see so many of. And, and hopefully he can keep that production go- coming in the next few years. Yeah. And that was the thing because uh, I wrote about him when there, we were looking at free agents last year. And my thing with Kevin Hayes was uh, last year was his best year. There was no guarantee he could repeat it. But if you brought him in and put him on the second line and gave him some power play time, which he really had not gotten in his career, I could see him getting to being a 20-goal scorer and like a decent second-line center again. And he's on pace. If they had played 82 games, he's played in all the games so far this year. 27 goals and 48 points. Uh, This was the guy. I was looking. uh, Here's the guy. I was looking at whether or not we're 48 points, I guess, stacked up among forwards in terms of like first line, second line. And I think 48 points is right on the, um, it's right after, like right below bottom line, top line player and like high end second line player. So he's right. He's right where he needs to be in terms of point production. So, uh, the odd thing I notice here is that his war is at a negative. I don't know how to break that down. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't, this is like one of the ultimate eye test guys, especially one of the more uh, prevalent examples I could think of in recent years, because usually when it's an eye test versus uh, advanced stats guy, it's it's usually someone like Andrew McDonald that's being defended, where it's like, he's a hot turd out there, but somehow guys <laughs> who subscribe to the eye test are saying, no, he's great, he gives, uh, gives it all every night, and he's out there, blah, 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 blah. And the numbers just don't back it up. And this is one where I think a lot of Flyers fans would say, if you ask them how Kevin Hayes has been, they'd say, oh, he's been great. And to see that for his uh, wins above replacement, you just, yeah, it's a little, I- I'm a little shocked by that. I, I am too. Yeah. No, I am too. Uh, I do wonder how much the, the whole puck possession factor does play into his numbers because a lot of the advanced stats are based on shot attempts. And the dude does love to just carry the puck around, hold on to it, and limit the, like the shot attempts to one or two a shift. So uh, that might be something that is playing a factor here. I think also he had bad. There are like four or five factors that go into that war rating, and I think one of them are like turnovers and penalty differential. So he might be getting killed on those. I would have to look more into that, but that was something that caught my eye too because he was a minus point two, and there's somebody else uh, down the line. We'll probably see it here, but yeah. Yeah, the war ratings, uh, I guess they're still trying to iron them out, but whatever. Uh, David Kasha, (laughs) uh, one goal in six games this year on pace for 13 goals in 82 games. Uh, His war is even, but, you know, I guess if we're going to, again, I didn't think we would see him in NHL games and he scored a goal. So based on that, I would loosely say overperformed. Just yeah, it's, it's meta exceeded. I yeah. think he. Yeah, exactly. He, the fact that he played it all, and the fact that he, when he did play, he played pretty well. I remember he had the the, the game he scored in. Yeah, that was, and that was cool. And he had a couple other good plays. I think he started a play that was a Sandheim goal. I think if in that Ducks game, I don't remember. But the, I, I think he looked. He really did look good on the fourth line. Like I, I think he has a ton of speed, pretty good hand eye coordination. And if he was to be on the fourth line next year, I don't think I'd really lose any sleep over. So I think because of that, I, I would I want to say overperformed just a little, not like you know blow you know kicking the door in I guess, but whatever overperformed. Uh, Connect me overperformed. Yeah, it was like a pretty pretty straightforward one. I mean the guy's having literally an all star season. Uh, there's no questions. He's a first line player this year, and I think this year was the year that he kind of moved into the uh, the marquee guy on the Flyers. 
I feel like when NBCSN does their ads, uh, it may not necessarily be Drew. It's probably going to be connecting now, if that makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense to me. And the, the Jerk Store's all-time bestseller is having a hell of a year. <laughs> I think he has become the heart and soul of this team. And oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. everybody loves him. How can you not? God, and he, he chirps so much. I just love that he also well, talks shit. I, on I know how you yeah. could not. Is You're a fan of any other team besides Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers. Any other of the 30 NHL teams, yeah. Uh, and then speaking of somebody that everybody should want to be their uh, second-line center, Scott Lawton, baby. 27 points, 13 goals, 14 helpers, and 49 games. He's on pace for 45 points and 21 goals over an 82-game pace. Steve, 1.2 war. Uh, overperformed. A lot of injuries, but... Just based on eye test and counting stats, I mean, these are he's been killing it. So I've been really happy with Scott Lawton this year. Yeah, uh, and he's looked good even when he was on the second line with uh, Hayes and Konechny. Obviously, he wasn't driving. You know, he wasn't the one kind of pushing play with that line, but he didn't miss a beat filling in for him. So, um, I mean, I put down Oscar Lindblom too. I'm going to say obviously overperformed. Uh, he was on pace for 30 goals. Uh, played 30 games and was on pace for 49 points and 30 goals. So, Oski boy, the Oski atomic boy. bomb. Ugh. Yeah. Man, th- this was a bummer. The Swedish Stank was having an amazing year and he just, ugh. yeah. Just the toughest luck. And it, it sucks. It still sucks. And he was having such a great year. I think he, honestly, I thought he was going to get 30 goals this year. I would not have been surprised. I mean, it was something uh, I kept pointing out pointing out uh, last season. Dave Haxwell just didn't play the dude. Like, he was on the fourth line and still put up a decent amount of points and goals. So you bump that up to a top six or even a middle six amount of time on the ice, and he was due to get – I think I said last year before the season, if he was in the middle six, 27 goals, but if he was in the top six, 30. Like, if he was – it was whether or not he was going to be on the second or third line, on the second line, and he was he was killing it. That second line of Limblom, Couturier, connecting for a while was bananas. So hopefully, uh, hopefully everything's going alright with him, and uh, we'll we'll get some positive news from his uh, camp coming up. But uh, moving on, Alex Lyon, one one zero with an eight ninety save percentage and three point five five GAA, met expectations i don't know i mean not Met or under i mean he, yeah, he got he kind of got blown up in the games he played but uh yeah. we can go with met because he did win that one game I will say, and... yeah i think the he had one decent game with the apps he had uh he had that well he had a good first period and then that canadians game he yeah didn't look didn't look that great so break even met and then he's, he's probably gonna be gone he's a ufa this summer so uh, have fun alex uh samuel morin Zero points in one game, on pace for zero points in 82 games. Uh, I I mean, Met, I, I really, I don't know. I mean, he got hurt. It's it's hard to gauge. Yeah. It, I, you know, I, Met or under, but it's he got hurt, so it's really, it's, it's kind of an incomplete. It. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to say under, just to piss people off. No, I don't really. <laughs> it's just here, too. But. Here comes the boring mafia, brother. <laughs> uh, Phil Myers. Actually, Phil, this might be an interesting Phil. one. 16 points in 50 games. <laughs> On pace for 26 points, six of which be goals. His war 2.0, so there you go. Uh, Phil Myers, I want to say... Man, I'm going to say... he's met my expectations. Yeah, I, I, he's had a I, real this is about, here, but... This is about what I want from him, though. He's another young guy who's, who's kind of learning his game and learning the everyday rigors of the, the NHL lifestyle the nhl game i don't know he's got flashes of brilliance and i know when he 
is bad. He is extremely bad. But I love Phil Myers and the potential he has shown really uh, shows me a ton. So I, I couldn't possibly go with under for him. But I think Met is good. I think he's exactly where you pretty much want him to be at this point. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I this was expected to be a big learning year for Phil Myers. And you've gotten a lot of the, the flashes potential with the goal streak and some of the plays he makes on defense and him ending, uh, who is it, Nathan Gerby season or whatever. But no, it was... Uh, oh, Bjorkstrand, Bjorkstrand. Yeah, Bjorkstrand. Yeah, so just he just pretty much bench pressed him into the boards and that was the end of it. Like, you can see he's got the offensive upside, he's got the physicality to shut things down defensively, and he's got mobility. I mean, it's terrible for, it's terrible for Bjorkstrand that that ended his season, but that was one of my favorite plays of the year, uh, just in the fact that... Well, <laughs> that just sounds funny, I know. I, I, I know, know it sounds funny, I, and I, I, I was trying to really... Real kind of him. I know. I, but, yeah. Well, to talk about the play, though, it's just... I've seen so many Flyers plays where the end of the game, the guy is coming down the ice, and then the Flyers let up the tying goal with the 1.2 seconds or whatever was left, and... I go cry in a corner and Myers is the only guy down there on Bjorkstrand. And he just shoved him away and said, no, this is not happening. Yeah, nope. He, no doubt. He left no doubt on that play, which is, yeah. Like, it was, yeah, it was nice to say. And I, we're not the only ones that remember that play. It was a pretty, it was a pretty important play. Cause they got him the overtime and then they, Kevin Hayes got the second point in Columbus. So when they um, scratched back in that game, that was a tough game and they yeah. were getting their doors blown off early on. Yeah. I think for, for me, I think his, say met and i think it was a frustrating man at times i i you know he's going to be good but he just made sometimes his decision making and Dizon just makes me want to makes me want to lose my mind so i feel like you were a lot more frustrated with him than i was i think i think a lot of people like him because they do see the potential but it's that sandheim the sandheim myers pair and it's really i think more on on myers they all the potential is there they are both huge guys that are quick and can play defense well and have our offensive mind in the offensive zone. Like there's nothing wrong with their games. It's just sometimes they both are a little too aggressive on either end of the ice and it costs them. Like there are just times goals against with them out on the ice. It's just sometimes there's nobody in front or somebody stays with their man for too far and the other one doesn't pick up on, you know, they need to have net front coverage. Like there's just a lot going on that I think is something that if they stay together next year, I think they might even be scarier next year because they'll probably cut down on that stuff. And also now they'll have a year of playing together underneath their belts. So, But I do think it's interesting that I've been a little more forgiving on Myers and you've been a little more forgiving on Sanheim for that pair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think, well, Sanheim, yeah. I don't know, Sanheim's... Well, we'll I, talk about Sanheim in a little bit. Yeah, we're going to talk about just, just an observation. I, I think yeah, good we observation. Good slightly up. different minds about this. Yeah, and it's always important, yeah. Uh, but speaking of, I don't think this one's a question, Matt Niskanen. I want to say he's overperformed. Uh, yeah, he's exceeded my expectations for sure. I, I, I didn't expect much out of Matt Niskanen. They, they made that trade. I was like, why are you retaining salary from Gudis? Why is any yeah. of this happening? It doesn't make sense. Niskanen's washed up. And, man, I could not have been more wrong. Niskanen has been a rock on this defense. Yeah, I really, I was a little nervous about that trade at first because just he didn't have a good season last year and then also the caps were willing to trade him in division which kind of made me feel like they had some inside info about like just want to make the flyers worse turns out not true at all and him and pro have been a dynamite top pair uh 
top pair on defense. So uh, 33 points, eight goals in 68 games. He was on pace for 39 points and nine goals over an 82 game season. Tyler Pitlick is another guy. I, I, you know, I made fun of him. I made fun of that trade because I thought it was pointless. And then I think he is an ideal fit on the fourth line. He's just a fast guy that force checks well, and I'm never finding myself yelling at Tyler Pitlick. So, yeah, I'd say he's exceeded my expectations. I did not expect anything out of Tyler Pitlick. Yeah, another one with low bar and just happy he's he's done some stuff. But still, I you know, uh. 20 points, 8 goals, and 12 assists in 63 games. He's on pace for 10 goals, which, you know, for a guy we didn't expect that or anything, that would be getting mostly fourth line minutes. That's, that's not bad. You get fourth goal, 10 goals in the fourth line. It's not a bad, uh, it's not a bad season. So, uh, And then Ivan Provorov. I think he's overperformed, too. Yeah, big time uh, exceeded for me. I, I, if, a couple years ago, we were talking about, eh, maybe Provy isn't that number one we thought he was definitely going to be. And no, this year he has really shown us what he's got and that he really is a, a top defenseman for this club moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had some concerns last year just with the, it was the fact of the contract after the question, not questionable. He just had a lot of terrible gaffes last, last year and just didn't look like himself. And I guess there was a lot of concern going forward, but man, he's been, he's looked like a stud this year on the blue. He's, and he's had some incredible just individual goals that again, that goal against the Canadians and the goal recently against the hurricanes. Yeah. And then also him and Niskanen have just been pretty damn good on the blue line uh, to defensively. Also, I believe if the season were to end, I think he finished with the most amount of power play goals for a defenseman. Cause I said that like two weeks ago. So unless Latang or like Petrangelo went off, uh, I think he's going to finish the most with seven. So that's a, that's a pretty good season for a guy that a lot of people kind of don't want on the top power play <laughs> um michael raffle 20 points in 58 games 28 point on pace for 28 points in an 82 game season uh i think that's a total met for me yeah he's met i think he's finally playing the role he's supposed to be playing i'll say that so yeah. what, I, what more do you really want from this guy yeah, you know? exactly. like, this is i think pretty it's, much it. it's nice because it doesn't feel like the it feels like it was all just a matter of role because I don't feel like I see anybody bitching about Michael Raffle this season. Maybe after they made the signing last year and coming into this season, but now that you see he plays a fourth line game and he's on the fourth line with other capable fourth liners, he is fine and he plays a good game. So yeah, Med is a pretty a pretty good one for Michael Raffle. German Rupsoff. Uh zero points in four games on pace for zero points in eighty two games. Very uh, I didn't notice him a lot on the ice in the four games he played. I kind of want to say under. I'm going to say under for the germ here. Yeah. Like he, I don't know. I, I think the germ had a good chance to, to get a, a bottom six role they in this gave team. Him a chance, yeah. And he did not embrace it and, and show us what he had. So it's, I'm going to go with under for the germ. I'm going to go with under too. I thought this would have been a bigger, uh, left a good impression with the fans last year. And then he got hurt kind of left a little bit of hope for this season that maybe he would kill it in the AHL again and proceed to work his way up the ladder and actually make a difference at the NHL level. Like I, I kind of expected what NAK season's been for Rupsoff and it has it hasn't happened at all. So uh, but Rupsoff, lucky for Rupsoff, he isn't the only uh, in between guy that we're going to yell at uh, coming up here. The last the guy we're going to finish up with, I'm going to I'm just going to just gonna bury so that guy's oh, that wow. guy's coming out this year. So uh, J- T- Travis Sanheim, yeah, we were just talking about him. 
25 points, 8 goals in 69 games. He's on pace for 29 points and 9 goals in an 82-game season. 1.3 war. Again, I think he... I want to say... I mean... I think it's a met for me. It's a met. I, I thought he would have had more offensive uh, production earlier in the season. Yeah. Like, he started turning around, and then he did have... There were, like, chunks of time where you were like, mm, I wish I could see more from him offensively. And then he would just, like, tie up games by himself late in the game. Like, he tied up the Blue Jackets... Uh, or, not the Blue Jackets, the Hurricanes game and the Bruins by just taking the puck in the zone, circling on net, and then just forcing it into the net. So once he started doing that, I feel like the whole I need to see more offense from him argument dissipated but there was a time where you know kind of it, it wasn't a consistent thing throughout the year but uh he's still looked like i think he's the third best defenseman on the team and i think he's i think he's the one that carries the the tandem on the second pair so that's why i kind of label him as the i don't know i think go back to what you're talking about with sanheim and myers i kind of that's where i kind of stand I, I expect my sanheim to be the one that's going to be I guess more defensively responsible and also be the one that's going to set up Myers more than Sanheim when it comes to production. So I guess I just wanted to see a little more out of Sanheim this year, just given that this seemed like kind of his, his step up year, his like yeah. uh, the year we were just going to see him like be the dude. And he's had moments. Don't get me wrong. He's definitely had moments and I, I'm not going with under for this reason because he's had his moments and he's always been solid. I haven't really seen too many plays where I'm like, Ugh, get this guy out of the league. Like nothing like that. Yeah, right, right, right. I I don't know. I I think I wanted to see a little more, but he's also like Claude Giroux, where I think he had some some issues early in the season that he needed to work out either with the system or just the coaches figuring out how to play him. And then uh, in recent weeks, I think I've seen a lot more out of him. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, I think something with Sanheim too that may make it feel like he should be doing more out there is. He only plays mainly at five on five, I believe. Or I'm trying to think of the PK now, but he like he doesn't get a lot of time on the um on the power, on the power play. play. He's on the second power play unit. Um, but again, it's not not really. I mean, it's him and Niskanen back there. It's not the same thing where they're kind of funneling it through Provorov. So that might hurt his uh, like just noticing him out there on the offensive side of the puck. So I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I like Sandheim. So and I feel like he did have. Yeah, he had some insane goals this year. So, uh, Chris Stewart, I mean, you know. Actually, Chris Stewart is an interesting one. I think he met expectations. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't fun, but I think he met expectations. So, I didn't really expect a lot out of him. I guess it's a met. Uh, yeah. I, I had rock bottom expectations, so hooray for that one assist. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I expected it to go a lot worse, and then it kind of went how I expected. And then, luckily, I think my... The thing I'm happiest about with uh, with that is just it looks like man management decided real quickly that he just wasn't going to work out, so we didn't have to sit there and watch uh, 81 games of uh, Chris Stewart Van Develting it. So uh, Nate Thompson, I uh, don't know. I'm going to say Matt. He, I don't think he played enough games as a flyer to say uh, underperformed. So sure, I guess. Yeah, I guess. It's Matt, not uh, the sexiest, you know, who, if he overperformed or underperformed, but I mean, he plays a boring game and he didn't do anything that made me want to claw my eyes out again. Only seven games. Pickup. So. Very boring pickup. Yeah. Uh, and not like a good boring kind of pickup like Derek Grant, who will quietly uh, kick pass a, an assist to Kevin Hayes. So just a real boring ass, uh, real boring ass player. Carson Torinsky 
One goal in 15 games on pace for five goals this season. Minus 0.5 war. Over-expected. Uh, overperformed for me. I did not expect him to play any games in the NHL. Actually, he didn't look great in those NHL games, though. So, uh, who knows? I'll say <laughs> Yeah, no. you've got a very low floor for some of these uh, guys, Some of these Craig. guys, like some of these names, I was just like, oh, wow, he's actually going to play games for the Flyers. And I'm like, all right, overperformed. But he this, this he's a, a guy that it was a good example of uh, somebody who uh, – yeah, I won't be surprised if he, he stays at 15 career NHL games. So, But that's, uh, yeah. Um, JVR? JVR is an interesting one. Yeah, it is an interesting one. I am... I, I'm going to go with under underperformed, under my expectations, but it's it's close. It's close. Uh, I You want to see a few more goals out of him, right? Like, yeah. Uh, he was on pace for 23. You want to see that closer to 30. He's another guy that I feel like they figured out his usage a little better uh, towards the second half of the season, or at least it clicked better for him. I don't know. He's streaky like goal scorers can be. But yeah, you you want to see more goals out of him at the end of the day. Yeah, it's this one's kind of hard for me because he did underproduce. Like, he didn't produce as much as we anticipated. Uh, I... I wrote last year about how he did have a bit of a high shooting percentage and he was kind of converting on more chances than he should have been, but it was a thing. He only played 66 games and had 27 goals. I thought it was going to be, if he had played all 82, he would have been around 27 goals again because of just the percentages. And then he would have been, yeah, as you can see, he would have been under that, but I felt like he wasn't playing, like he still generated a ton of chances. Uh, he had good spurts with uh, Lawton, and um, in the middle six, he was doing producing pretty well for a middle six guy, even though we're not paying him as a middle six guy. So I, I want to say it was a it's a real awkward. That's eh, an under. I can't really say he met expectations, even though I don't think he's played as poorly as people want to label it. I think it's just more he didn't find the back of the net. Like if he had five more goals, if he had twenty four goals in sixty six games, I don't. I think it would be a met expectations. Or yeah, I think so. Whatever. I think yeah, so. so. And it's close for me. It's close for me. Uh, Jacob Voracek, 56 points in 69 games, on pace for 66 points, 14 goals and 52 assists. It's another tough one. This one's tough, too, because I think earlier in the season I was worried about him. I thought he did – I thought he had lost a step, and I thought uh, this was going to be the first year of the next – of, like, a couple seasons here where we're going to be wondering how to get rid of the Voracek contract. But I'll say – I want to say like halfway through the season, he turned around. I feel like he started, he's not back to old Jake, but I feel like he's been a pretty reliable player for the Flyers. And I feel like he's, I, I don't know. I feel like he's been fine. I, want I think to... he's going to be a met expectations for me. He's yeah. just, I, I think he's been fine. I think he's been, he's been Jake Voracek. He's also he's like Jake Voracek. JVR. He's streaky. He's temperamental. He's blocked us on Twitter 12 times during this conversation. <laughs> but at the end of the day, he's Jake Voracek and he gets a shit ton of assists. He is a valuable player out there. And yeah, I, yeah, I think, I think 66 points. It's you, you want a little bit more out of him, but at the same time, it's pretty good. So I'm going to go with my expectations there. Yeah, I'll say Matt, too, just because of the pace, like 66 points with 50-plus bandits. It sounds like a Jake Voracek stat line. And again, I, I think he's starting to look like he's looking like a reliable player again. Like, it doesn't seem he's not having as many haphazard turnovers, and I feel like he has been pretty productive in the top six. On that top line, he's been playing pretty well with uh, Drew and Couturier. So, 
Uh, and last and uh, maybe least, Mikel Vorobiev. Uh, <laughs> three points in 20 games this year. He was on pace for 12 points. Minus .6 war. RFA at the end of the season. You can let him walk, baby. I don't know. I think I'm just done with Vorobiev. <laughs> like, he really... He, they've given him a couple chances, and he just has yet to show a single thing. A yeah. single thing. And Plenty of chances here, and uh, it's uh, way under. Yeah, so uh, way under. Um, and that's it. That's everybody who's played a game for the Flyers this year. And uh, that is wow. whether or not they've under performed. Steve, do you want to do these next two things? You want to save them for uh, the perbs? What are your thoughts? Let's do the simulated games for sure. And then and, save uh, the... The game, I, I think the game itself, let's save that for the perbs. Okay. All right. I, I might do double games on Thursday then. Or Wednesday, whenever the hell we're going to record. I don't know if we're recording yet. It doesn't matter. doesn't. All right, so the... <laughs> probably fly- Thursday, probably Thursday. Probably, okay, uh, so, yeah, the Flyers didn't play games this week, but I decided to go back and simulate some EA games just so we could talk about some bullshit stat lines. So, uh, Flyers did uh, real fucking bad this week. Um, 4-1 loss to Tampa Bay. Grant had the lone goal. Helpers from Pitlick and Raffle. They got shot 19-10. to 10. It's four-minute periods. Uh, I was going to say 19 to 10. Good God. Kalorn had a three-point game. Sergejev had a two-point game. Sorelli had two apples. Uh, Coburn and Point, the Braden brothers, and Plot also recorded a point. Uh, Hart, 15 out of 17, uh, 882 save percentage. Uh, Two empty net net goals against. Uh, Again, it was a simulated game. Three to two overtime loss to Minnesota. Embarrassing. Uh, they led shots twenty six to twenty, but lost. Uh, that's because Hart stopped seventeen to twenty eight fifty save percentage. Back to back games with under nine hundred save percentage. So maybe I'm not too sure about uh, the future in net. Drew and Raffle scored. Voracek, Tori, Nak, and Hag had an assist each. Zuccarello had two points for the sign of Dubnik. Twenty four of twenty six. Also, the last game I forgot to write down the score. The Oilers won one nothing. That's what I remember saying. Uh, Drysaddle scored. And I'm sure Carter Hart uh, could have saved it. So there you go. That's the uh, simulated games. Flyers lost all of them. I hate this timeline. I hate it here. I wish the Flyers were just playing. Did you not simulate the Oilers game? I did. I just forgot to put it down. (laughs) So, like, I, it was a thing. Yeah. Like, I just. To to be continued with your virtual Flyers on Flyperbly later this week. Yeah. I was going to say, we got a Blues game coming up. You guys will hear the results of that when I do it. And then, uh, the game, it is a good game. I think this game, Steve, you won't have a chance, but it is going to be funny uh, based on some names I found. So uh, look forward to that. It'll be another game on the perbs. And then I wish I could tell you what we'll be talking about on Wednesday or Thursday, but uh, who actually knows, Steve? Like who? You know, that's, that's, that's all in the hands of the Lord. We might that's the Lord into your heart, and that's... <laughs> turned into a different cast you know inadvertently you did turn this into a little bit of a forecast because you did mention their planks st louis and dallas and the, <laughs> the not real schedule anymore see? got it yeah get them all in what a world uh, what a time to be alive honestly i say that with usually that's just a joke but honestly at this point in time what a time to be alive because it's it's weird out there right now it is weird out weird. there but yeah yeah well, folks, we do thank you for listening, and we do thank you for the suggestions we have already gotten for uh, Tangy Tent to bring your way yeah. over the next few weeks, months, who, who knows. But we do appreciate yeah. it. Keep them coming. Uh, we have noted uh, a lot of them so far, and uh, we, we we had this before the Decision Council, the Flyperbole elders who get together and discuss such things. It's just me and you. 
looking for a rat in the city of Philadelphia. That's the uh, deciding council. For I thought we wore like hooded robes and went into a darkened room. No, no, and we lit do. A candle enchanted. We we do all we get dressed up and then we try and find that rat and then we take him to the room and then we just yell. <laughs> and then we decide the tangy tent for the week. Yeah. But yeah, we're gonna yeah. be doing we're gonna be doing short cast uh, early in the week, uh, full sized, plus sized hyperbole <laughs> late in the week. Okay. If you have any feedback, the best place is on Twitter dot com dot org dot edu dot ca. You can reach Craig at sports are bad. Yeah, I I do want to say I'm gonna try and do some return flights here. So I I found a game for the Flyers Blues tomorrow. Hopefully, I will get it posted. Uh, if uh, if I find enough video, I found a good box score at the find all of the highlights I want to find, and then I will go from there. So there should be right. something to read tomorrow. All right, sounds good. Keep pumping that out, and you can reach me at flyperbole or at Esteban, but make it flyperbole. And follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey. Be sure to subscribe, rate all of that good stuff on whatever podcast service you may listen to us on. Folks, thank you for listening. And until next time, can I even say good night and good hockey anymore? Because there's, I mean, there's no hockey. I'm yeah, still going to say it, but yeah, 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 I gotcha. Yeah, uh, it'll come back eventually at some point, right? At some point, hockey will be back at at some point. But yeah, we hope so. We hope so. Yeah, fingers crossed on that front. But stay safe out there, folks. Keep washing your goddamn hands. All right. Yeah. Don't. If be you that do guy, not wash your, hands, wash your hands, I am going to come after you with a ron hextall waffle blocker and smack you upside the head yeah and make note i will be in full goalie gear as not to touch anybody i was gonna say if you do do that well you wait a couple months and then we're gonna punch you down i'm not oh, no, I'm, I'm coming in the goalie gear and oh, okay. a surgical doing, mask okay. under the goalie mask so it's it, don't worry i am prepared and it, just wash your hands and it won't be an issue wash your hands and just do that yeah. we're good we're good to go stay safe out there folks for real like don't this is not a joke. Stay safe out there. Take this very seriously. And uh, we will keep the content coming. And until next time, good night and good hockey. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things. Like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell. And Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Fly,